Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Hey, Valentina. Hey, Paula. And hello, everybody. And welcome to another episode of Pretty Mental. Today, I take you guys through my recent experience with breathwork and getting trained to be a breathwork facilitator. We also talked about trauma-informed emotional regulation and grounding practices, the ways in which we're literally all connected, why our emotional states are contagious, and why it's so important that we all learn to take responsibility for our emotions. So as we usually do, just come into the present moment and take in a deep breath with us and press play. Hello, Pretty Mental family. Before we start our podcast today, we just really want to say thank you to all of you guys who have been with us on this journey, all of you mental health war- mental health warriors we are so lucky to have you guys on this journey with us and we love you and we really really are just so appreciative that yeah thank you for all your dms all of your feedback all of your messages all of your questions it all means so much to us to experience your engagement and to have this be a back and forth dialogue between all of us it does i love getting dms from you guys just supporting us it always I literally feel like I've won an academy award (laughs) every time and it's not like we're obviously not doing it for that but just to be witnessed and seen by you guys just feels so good Mm -hmm. I, I just I love just seeing how people are responding to different topics that we bring up so we realize that you know we're all in this together because when Valentina and I create these podcasts we're just in my art studio and we're staring out the window, just looking at each other. So it's super cool to see who's on the other side listening to this. So today we wanted to talk about this past weekend because I am officially a trained breathwork facilitator. It's amazing. If you know, I really didn't even know that much about breathwork until I took my first session a few months ago and I went in not knowing what I was going to do. I had a friend who just said, hey, like we have a full moon circle. We're going to do some breath work and went in not knowing what I was going to do. The facilitator guided us through the entire session. And when I tell you that not even two minutes in, my whole body started like vibrating and twitching and like tingling and I felt like it's, I mean it's gonna sound crazy but I felt like my soul literally was like leaving my body and the only time I've ever felt that was after ayahuasca where I, I, I could it was like an outer body experience 
and my mind completely shut down. I was not able to have thoughts, even if I tried. I was just feeling, feeling, feeling. And it was like my body was purging, uh, purging of emotions. Um, and I kind of like, I couldn't move. As I'm hearing you explain this, I'm thinking that there's people that are going to be like, wow, that sounds amazing. I want to try that. And there's people that are going to be like, that sounds absolutely terrifying. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. Because after I took, did it, I was like, what the fuck did, what was that? But I was so intrigued that through my breath, I was able to reach whatever state that was and after basically access psychedelic state literally access like a psychedelic state and I had I felt so just open and free and liberated after that session I had I I felt like I tapped back in breathwork is actually known for that yeah I mean that's after I mean after doing that session I started really looking into it because I mean of what I just told you and I, I just everyone has the most wild experiences from it. It basically neutralizes your brain and shuts down and you go into your body where all of our traumas are stored, where all of our emotions are stored, all of our memories. Memories don't just happen in our mind. Memories are stored in our cells. And we we breathe through them and we release them. And a lot of people actually talk about astro uh projection astro projection when they're doing breath work they talk about how after the breath work they do breath work they can lucid dream like super easily they visit other dimensions they visit new timelines they see other light beings aka aliens uh, just a wide range of experiences does does it happen that intensely for everybody so this is the thing not everyone is going to experience the same thing and your soul, your spirit is going to bring you whatever you need to experience at that time. Because I've also done other breathwork sessions and this is what I can get into with my experience this weekend was the first time this weekend that I did it, I didn't experience anything, anything. This weekend? Yeah, I just, I mean, I was calm, um, the first day of the training, I was calm. It was like really relaxing. If anything, it's like a meditation. If anything, you'll just be relaxed. And that's what I'm thinking that if you have ex- more experience meditating, it'll probably be a little easier to go into the deeper states. No, no, no. People come into this from all walks of life. And because it was a group of maybe 65 to 70 of us and people from all walks of life that were getting trained in this. And I just everyone they were talking about their experiences they were wild some people were like why didn't I feel anything and other people were like why wouldn't my soul go back into my body <laughs> at the end of that session so your your body your so, your spirit is going to bring you whatever experience you need to have and breath work they say works faster than meditation and yoga and other practices to help us calm our nervous systems down because what you're doing is you're purging all of the stored and blocked energy that is inside of your body and you're releasing it and you're also tapping into higher states of consciousness so that first day I told you I barely ever felt anything and then that second day what this is when I texted you and I was like I'll talk to you later because I'm like 
She left me on a cliffhanger. <laughs> she goes, that was very psychedelic, but I will have to tell you later. And I'm like, what? I just had to go on a walk and just like bring myself back to earth because so I started the breathwork session and then all of a sudden I felt my mind like shutting down and then my body again started tingling and then all of these memories but it wasn't memories like logically in my mind it was like I was I just it was a knowing of memories of all these people started flooding into my mind and all these situations were flooding to me and I couldn't distinguish if they were in my life now or if they were in my life from another time and then all these whoa all of these situations were happening and I was like does that belong to here does that belong to this planet or does that belong to the other planet when I have that experience or like you came in my mind and for the life of me Paula I literally could not figure out if you belong to my present I just was like she was in my life at one point like the being of Paula wow that's so interesting and then everyone that I know plus other people that I can't recall now and it's almost like when I after I did ayahuasca I had like this vivid experience in my mind but then when you start verbalizing it, it's like God, there's like not enough words to really cover well here's the thing whenever we talk about going to higher consciousness to I the way that I define that really is going beyond thought going beyond language that's when you start stepping into higher consciousness. So now you're trying to use language to experience an experience that took place outside of language. Yeah, 100%. So that's why if like, you hear me at a loss for words, it's because... It didn't require words to experience that. No. And yeah, so I was just sitting there and it was really scary. It was really scary for me. This um, weekend? Yeah. This, really? Yeah. I think yeah. I would be scared too. Y- yeah, well... Be- yeah (laughs) my ego when I've had I've had experience like I've gone deep into meditations and even when I did psilocybin uh shrooms that one time that I was able to access very deep healing I reached that point where like I my ego I was about to experience ego uh dissolution which is when your sense of self melts away and you just become one with everything, which is ultimately what everybody quote unquote says they want. But the moment when it's about to happen, you're like, no, I cannot let go. That is terrifying. That's the f- I hold on by a thread. That is, that's the funny thing though, too, because like you'll have people going, why didn't I experience what she experienced? And then you'll have someone else be like, why couldn't I just have felt nothing and just meditated the whole time? So it's like your spirit is just going to bring you what you need to experience for your highest healing. I think what you need to experience and what you're ready to receive. Right, what you're open to. Because I think if you have a lot of unhealed trauma, completely letting go of your sense of self is actually can be kind of dangerous. So you can do, that's why it's really important to have a facilitator who can really hold space and witness what you're going through and they can bring you to certain peaks and then if it gets too much, they can also bring you back into the now. Mm-hmm, because so breath work is like, is really opening you up. But when you've had a lot of trauma, you actually need to also, you need to learn how to also close back up. Mm-hmm. So doing it, with a facilitator is the best way to go about it if you want to get into it I guess right yeah unless you've already done a ton of your healing work and you feel pretty comfortable holding that space for yourself Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so during my experience, I remember feeling like all of this fear rushing around in my head because I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Who are these people? Like, I know them, but where do they belong? With these situations, I've lived them, but where do they belong? Ooh, it's like you transcended time. Oh, what? Are you kidding me? Yes. That's what happened when I did ayahuasca. I, I finally understood the concept of time, which was it's there. there's literally no... Uh, it's not linear. It, it's not linear. Not at all. And many dimensions happening at one time. Many experiences happening at one time. So I was feeling all of this just like pent up energy. And I just... Then all of a sudden I felt this like overwhelming sense of just wanting to cry. Wow. Like just purge all of these things in my body. Just purge it out. Just cry. And I felt my throat just like like close <laughs> all the way up. And I was like, no. <laughs> And I literally started making like crying faces to try to help my body warm it up to like give it signals. Now it's time to cry. So I was making crying faces and it, I was like, literally, I wish you had a video so you guys could see. But why didn't it let you release? It wouldn't let me release. And I was like, no, no, no. Like this is real stuff. I have to let it out. I have to let it out. And I couldn't cry. So after that session ended we were in the group of like six, 70 people and you you could raise your hand and ask questions if you wanted to about the session just get clarification about what happened and i knew i was like i have to share it's the only way i'll be able to purge i have to share so raise my zoom hand and they were like that and i was still sitting like i was still sitting on the bed not knowing where I was entirely. So you were disoriented? Oh, as fuck. Like, I was disoriented. I I knew that I was in the apartment that I live in, but it, it wasn't entirely familiar. Oh, my god! I was praying that KJ would not walk in because I didn't know how to act towards him because I couldn't orient him mm. to, like, where he belonged in my life, but I knew he did. Wow. Yeah. So you raised your Zoom hand. So I raised my Zoom hand and I literally, the second my face went onto that camera and I started talking to everyone, I was you started like, crying. oh, what? I'm talking about like, you know, when you just have like those, like almost that emoji where it's just like the endless stream yeah. of tears. The, yeah. The vertical yeah. line of tears. Just would not stop. Like would not stop. And I just said, um... <laughs> I um, don't really know where I am. Um, I um, saw a lot of, like I just explained my experience. Like people, I don't know what dimension I'm in. I don't know what planet I'm on. Um, uh, can you help me? <laughs> Literally. Wow. And, and then they, my teacher started speaking and he was just essentially like, you know, just, I don't even see, I don't remember everything from that day is amnesia. I remember that. And then I just remember after I talked, I cried for like 10 more minutes after that. He grounded you. He just helped ground you back in. He kind of just not, he kind of witnessed me, but I needed to cry. There was, I, even though I was looking for like an answer, 
and he did the, which is, I think is the smartest thing. It's like, he's, he's not my God, you know, essentially like we are our own gods. Our spirits are giving us what we need. Our spirits will ground us back. So while he can be there to witness me, the ultimate answer is going to come with just being patient and allowing myself to integrate and release. Mm, this is fascinating. I'm curious. I'm curious to see how because you still have like a few more days of this training to go no i am trained oh wow yeah there's a few like higher courses uh-huh. that i am going to take but as of right now like i can fully lead people in community and like one-on-ones which i fully intend to do with everyone around me at least virtually because i'm like everyone has to experience this yeah the only thing that it brings up questions for me is about like trauma a lot of people who go to him, he's been doing this for over 20 years, are people who have terminal illness and people who have experienced major trauma and people in that group have experienced, ma- like, I mean, they shared with us major trauma. And this is, they say, the only thing that's been able to help them release that trauma and really hmm. understand their positioning in this life. Mm. Because something that was coming up for me when you were talking is people that struggle with dissociation. That I wonder if how that would be handled or if this is just contraindicated if dissociation is something that you struggle with. You know, I think anyone who has a fear of how this could negatively impact them because of maybe a health concern um, or if they have dissociation, you yeah. talk, ask, ask your doctor, ask your psychologist, see if this is something that you would feel comfortable doing. And if you don't, then don't do it. But if you feel called to do it and you feel like it's time, then one, by all means, 100% do it. Because I mean, I, I've become totally obsessed with it. I guess it's like anything that we talk about on this podcast, where we just want to provide you guys with as many tools and resources of what's being done out there to integrate all of our mental health into higher levels of wellness that we're going to present you guys with these tools and it's up to you to decide which ones you feel called to. Like we're not saying there's any that are better or worse or advocating for one over the other. We just really want to give you guys as much knowledge about what is being done out there. And it's wild because a lot of people who are on that call too, like they've tried, you know, and not to you know, not to say that like Reiki or any of the other healing modalities are not the way. One, I still want to do Reiki. I love Reiki and all the other healing modalities. They're amazing. But I'll, even a lot of them were like, nothing has impacted me like breath work. It makes sense. And I want to study it more with you and learn from it, learn about it, because it does make sense. Because, for example, when we go into survival mode, when we feel like we're in danger, the first thing that cuts off is our breath. When we're relaxed, our breath slows down. There is a very, 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 very deep connection between our breath and our nervous system. Since our nervous system pretty much regulates our whole body, you can directly use your breath to impact your nervous system. So it it totally makes sense that this gives people access um, to emotions and memories in the body that other forms of therapy do not. Man, emotions, I'm talking about like past lives too. Because a lot of people on that call were also sharing their experience. (laughs) Like this lady was like, I was planet hopping. Like, I'm not kidding. I literally was planet hopping. And I was in like the middle ages uh, seeing my old husband. And I really, I I mean, the stories are just wild. And you hear this. 
in the breathwork community of people just like healing traumas that they didn't even know that they had Mm. and having experiences that that were just they don't even know how to explain it Mm. I want to definitely experience this I'm really excited to to see because I have mm, I don't even want to say I have it insomnia has been showing up at my doorstep insomnia has been rising (laughs) insomnia has been rising for I almost want to say like after I left Bella my dog she because she moved in with her grandma my mom because my mom won't let me take her back but it's okay because she's she's happier with her yeah she has a bigger yard and everything and more animals but for you know a while now and I've been doing breath work every night before I go to bed and it's actually been helping me and David, the trainer, he was saying that a lot of people who have insomnia get cured that go to him who have that. That's I, It makes sense because when I think about, or, you know, what I know about sleep is that it is a very vulnerable thing. When we go to sleep, we are in a position of vulnerability. All of our defenses are down. We don't have our eyes open. We're not looking. So if you're the kind of person that's hypervigilant, that's very attached to your personhood, to feeling like you need to protect yourself, it's sound, that sleep is harder to access because you have to really let go and let your guard down to surrender to that. And it sounds like breath work elevates you, like it, it creates space between your awareness and your person like your sense of, of, of a personality. Like it almost just it lifts allo- you up out of it. Yeah, it allows you to relax. And, you know, I, I find right before I go to bed, my I end up feeling all the energy in my body. Like my body tenses up a little bit, probably from the week or the month or even the day. Just little, little tiny things that happen that aren't that big of a deal, but they accumulate one by one. And if I'm not fully able to even if I think I've been able to let go of them on some subconscious level I I haven't and so I still feel that energy pulsating in my body and my my joints get really tense yeah if we don't know how to ground ourselves and we're sensitive which I would actually say like most humans are they just numb it yeah we all are then we we will accumulate all the energy of the world in our body like we're we can be super spongy Totally. I mean, just one second ago, Paula and I heard we were out in the grass in a courtyard in a courtyard. And we heard this couple like like aggressively yelling. And I I as we all said, we're all sensitive. I consider myself a very sensitive person. And I almost like felt their pain pulsating through my body. And it got like that. Just I put me in fight or flight just hearing them. And I have to now I'm very conscious of having of having grounding practices. My gosh, this quarantine has made me so conscious of that. Like on another level, I I do see why people refer a lot of people talk about this time being a time for massive awakening, because I will tell you, I've had the, the blessing of being able to spend a lot of time just in my own energy. And I do see it as a blessing because unless you're able to spend a lot of time in your own energy, you don't really know what your own energy feels like. And 
we think and if you and, and if we think that this talk about energy is just like woo woo mumbo jumbo we need to reconsider because we know that the brain the human brain is electrochemical that means that it actually does produce electrical signals and now we have technology where we can measure what's going on in people's brains by putting magnets near their head so not even on it so that means that your brain is actually projecting your thoughts and since i've been spending so much time in isolation or just interacting with you um then i'm very aware now it's, it's becoming almost palpable when I'm around different kinds of energy. And I felt that because on Saturday, Georgia reopened up recently, um, a little too early, if you ask me. And I went to the park that I've been going to, and there was a lot of people. I was like, oh my God, what is going on here? Which is wild that not like we feel like we're in danger. There's people like doing picnics nearby. Um, I Nobody came near me because I was totally isolated. I was far but I could feel people's energy and the thought that came up for me because I know what my energy feels like pretty clearly now. So I know I'm like, mm, there's a shift. There's a shift. Like all of you are sharing your energy, right? Like they, you, everybody is projecting their energy into the, the, the space around them right now. So, and I could feel the discomfort of that. Um, so I just grounded myself. I, start, I started doing yoga and just, you have to ground. You have to ground yourself because people are literally projecting their energy in forms of electrical signals out in the air. So when you're around a lot of people and you don't know how to ground yourself, that's going to be very disorienting. Yeah. And I found myself thinking, just like knowing like, man, I'm, I'm going to need all of us to really like really, really, really start taking responsibility for our energy. Because how we show up out into the world, we are literally touching other people with it. Yeah, I mean, taking responsibility for our own energy and then we also have our own responsibility of uh, energetic boundaries. To staying grounded. Yeah, to staying grounded. Yeah, to staying grounded. Like I've always... I've heard so much through all this spiritual and mental health psychology journey that we've taken. Uh, we hear teachers all the time talking about being grounded and ground yourself. But I didn't really, I didn't really, really know what that meant until very recently, just because I've been spending so much time on my own energy. So now I'm like, mm. and I was actually listening to Shaman Durek and he was talking about how like um, pre-COVID, and this is just his habit, his practice is that he likes to hug people. So he's like, there's people that criticize me for hugging everybody because there's people I don't hug because they say that they don't want to get involved with other people's energy. And he's like, um, I would just like to call some people out, you know, because if you're going to say that, then really stand by it. Because if you're like involving your imagination and your mind into people's lives, then you're not really staying in your own energy. So part of staying grounded is also knowing when it's being conscious of our thoughts. Like, where are we letting our thoughts go? Because even then in that moment, um, if you know, right, just using the example that you just said, that you get particularly triggered by the sounds of people arguing, which happens to a lot of people. And you know now that your mind has a tendency to start imagining what the scenario looks like. You have that consciousness. So now the, the role would be for you, right, within that that scenario is to like breathe in and kind of like release before your mind even goes there. And that's how you create that boundary. 
Yeah, I mean, just create some space before I start trying to come up with conclusions of what's happening. I think it's just having consciousness of our thoughts. Yeah. You know, something else that really came up for me when you were talking about uh, anxiety is I've been listening to a few intuitives, mediums, clairvoyant people, and they were saying, they all say the same thing, that a lot of times people mistake intuition with anxiety. So a lot of the times when we're experiencing anxiety, it's not necessarily because it's something that's coming in through us but we're taking in other people's energy so it may not be our own anxiety and the point is not to then point fingers and blame and say you're giving me that anxiety no it's to realize and understand that that is not your energy to carry Mm -hmm. to create some space and actually this leads us perfectly into um emotion regulation conversation because we're always talking to you guys about allowing your emotions and holding compassionate space for them which is absolutely 1100 percent the number the first step for navigating our mental health in any kind of intelligent way is do not suppress you do not suppress you observe what's coming up you hold it in compassion and you gently redirect your attention back or you guide yourself back the thing is that we can easily, like once we let it rise and we're holding in compassion, sometimes people have a tendency to get confused between allowing and indulging in the emotion. And we also need to actually invite into this conversation the topic of emotion regulation because we each actually do have a deep responsibility to ourselves, to our nervous system, to our mind, to our bodies, to the people around us and to the world at large to start learning how to regulate our own emotions. Um, Because like you said, when we show up into a space full of anxiety that we are not managing, people are going to feel it. Just like they're going to feel it in their body and they're not even going to know if it's theirs or not unless they have a lot of practice with like grounding themselves and recognizing what their own energy frequency is. So like I felt that when I went to the park. I just like from a place of love and compassion, I found myself thinking like, dang, I I really need us all to come together and start taking responsibility for our emotional energy on a whole nother level. Because I feel like I've been treating my energy with like such tender care these past month and a half or two months just because I've had the opportunity to. And it's like, I I do all that work and then I show up there and I'm like, have you guys been, you know, what, what have you guys been doing? Like, are you taking care of your emotions too? Or are you just allowing them to run rampant are you numbing it away with drugs and alcohol are you um staying in victim blaming are you just letting it kind of like all exist and what i'm knowing now more deeply than ever is that in order to regulate these emotions which end up manifesting as thought we have to learn to understand that our thoughts are not who we are Mm mm-hmm that we are not these thoughts, that we are not the energy either. Uh-huh. Because we experience about 80,000 thoughts a day and the energy fluctuations in our body, um, basically the energy in our body fluctuates endlessly throughout the day. So if we identify with every single energy fluctuation, whether that be shifting from the energy of anxiety to the energy of anger, um, to the thoughts of, oh, I hate them, to the thought of, I can't believe they're doing that, to the thought of, I'm scared, and we identify with every single one of those fluctuations, we are going in a roller coaster, and you know what's happening? We are getting further and further away from the most stable, 
core part of who we are, which is just the observer of all of it. And by tapping into that observer, by creating some space, by allowing ourselves to receive and believe that we are not these thoughts and we are not these emotions, like they're there. We can see them come up. But once we believe that they're not who we are, we're able to release them. We're able to have much more choice in deciding like, yeah, I'm not going to indulge in this. Like I'm, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to love it because it comes either from a place of trauma or fear that my personhood has experienced or I'm experiencing the fear of this other human that's sitting right in front of me and I'm just going to witness it and then I'm going to come back to my breath. This reminds me of what Adam Funderburk said. I'm trying to look up right now what episode that was. Episode three. So if you guys want to go back to it, that was such a great episode where he said whenever he, you know, instead of identifying with anger, you just say, anger has arisen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And or anxiety has arisen. Anxiety has arisen. And it may be your anxiety, it may not, but we have to learn tools to also regulate it. Because if you just feel like, say you feel a bout of anxiety and first of all, you don't name it like, okay, what's happening is anxiety. Then you might call somebody in a fit of rage over your anxiety. And now you've brought that person into it. Yeah. And who knows what was going on for that person. But now they are also carrying that energy. If they, it's hard not to. It's hard not to. We have mirror neurons. We're social beings. We are going to respond to how each other is is showing up in the world where we just are. So That's like the literal definition of you are the accumulation of the five people that you hang around. Like you literally are. Yeah. Yeah. So if you hang out with anxious people, you're going to be anxious. If you hang out with people who really ground themselves and take super responsibility for their own emotions, it's going to be really easy to be around them. You're not going to feel like you need to protect yourself all the time. No. Or like you have to hold space for them all the time, which yeah. is hard. So, and here's the thing. I say this with all of the compassion in the world because I do know that trauma significantly affects our ability for emotional regulation. It shrinks your brain. Trauma literally shrinks your brain. It shrinks aspects of it, right? Right. However, when you do the work, you can grow it back up. Right. That's another thing is that it's not a death sentence by any means. No. Scientists used to say that you, you know, our brains stopped working at a certain age and now we're really growing, like developing. What did I say? That it stopped working. <laughs> our brains stopped. <laughs> the most intelligent <laughs> we ever were was seven guys. Everything else is downhill from there. That is your peak. Our brains stopped developing at a, that's what they used to say, at a certain age. And now we're realizing that our brains never stop developing. And with meditation and practices like breath work and even different psychedelic medicines, we can reform pathways in our brain. We can grow parts that have shrunk by trauma. Yeah. So going back to actually the episode before last, our our, our most recent solo cast, uh, the one on positive thinking, where... I shared the exercise of going back and writing the story of who you are from a third person objective uh, perspective so that you can get an idea of when you encountered circumstances and situations that exceeded your skills and your ability to cope with them. You recognize that those are traumas, whether it's trauma with a big T or trauma with a little T. You start asking yourself, like, what do I need to hear 
right? To what did I need to hear in that moment to have made this more manageable? And whatever comes up, what did I need to do in this moment, to, in that moment to make this more manageable? What did I need from the adults in my life to have made that more manageable? Then I, now once I recognize that, then I know exactly kind of what script I need to approach myself with when anything that resembles that circumstance or that trauma presents itself. And in order to regulate our emotions, we have to understand our trauma because if we don't understand what our particular trauma is and how our bodies and our minds tend to respond to those scenarios, we don't really know even that we need to regulate our emotions. So I'll speak for myself. There's certain certain things that are triggers for me, specifically certain situations that resemble like any issues of abandonment tend to really trigger me. And now when I encounter situations that might resemble that, whether or not they're true, because your emotional body does not care if that's actually what's happening. If it even just kind of resembles it a little bit, your whole body's going to start responding with that memory. So your body's going to start getting super activated and responding as if like you're actually being abandoned or you're being betrayed or your safety is, it's just, you don't, yeah, it's a black and white thing. It's an on or off switch when it comes to trauma, when it comes to that part of, of our, nervous system response it's it's either on or off so we want to start doing as we introduce grayscales into it so now when i now i know i've become over the years pretty knowledgeable i'm sure the the growing and the learning will continue on what my traumas are and so what my triggers are so now when they happen i'm able to like invite that awareness in and i'm able to like hold that bird's eye view a little bit better and say this is what's happening my body is responding to this memory. My body is responding to that. So then I might engage in, in, in some breathing to regulate it. I might just kind of put my hand on my heart and hold it. But the thing is that I don't identify with it anymore. I, for me, that has been the key difference. And that's what I hope and that's what I work to help my clients see is you are responding to a memory of something the situation right now is not exactly that let's kind of like break it down and see if it is see if we need to act differently on it but just know that your body is actually responding to a memory and so if you completely identify with it and you don't ha- hold any kind of space of awareness around it before you know it you're just gonna see yourself completely flying off the handle completely just emotionally or verbally outpouring a reaction without any space. You're just, just going to go into full reaction mode and you're just going to be right back in that space. And actually that's kind of like re-traumatizing you. It's totally re- Why are your eyes getting watery? I might be tired. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are you crying? I'm going through a trauma response. I know. This is where my insomnia kicks in, but it's okay. Yeah. So I'm here. Yeah. It's funny. I'm like, what? Valentina's eyes are getting progressively more teary. <laughs> I'm like, am I touching some deep core thing? Like, what is she remembering right now? Huh? Flashbacks to the breast session? I don't know. I mean, probably. My God. All that to say, you have to understand your trauma and you have to understand the way that your particular body and mind respond to anything that resembles that situation so that when that starts recreating itself, you hold space and you just observe it. 
it's almost like you're watching like the human organism do what it does and you continue to just hold that awareness and as you do that and you don't get engaged with it the human organism eventually calms down yeah and understanding that no moment is permanent it'll it'll settle it'll simmer yeah so you have to be able to also tell yourself that in the moment like this feels like it's going to last forever but like you're really having a trauma reaction right something i do with myself is like in particular to the things that really trigger me i that i dialogue with my own brain about it when i'm getting activated i'll say okay like you know if that person had done this or they had done that like i'll talk to my ego right like my sense of self like you would have found something wrong with it anyways either way like from a loving place i'm like you're never gonna be satisfied you're always gonna find something so i'm just gonna hold you and we're gonna breathe and we're gonna keep moving so really it comes down to getting to a place where you start taking the ego like that thought story less seriously and the body will start to follow suit. The body will start to calm down because the body really just responds to like the stories in our head. So, and then if we just hold the body and we just hold those sensations and say like, I can tolerate this. I don't need to act on this sensation. Like I can actually just kind of witness it. What you're doing in that moment is that you're creating a more of a rift in the association between that emotional response and that thought pattern. And so the more that you like are able to kind of like buckle in and just observe it when that happens and, you know, dialogue with yourself in a way that feels effective for you, the association starts to get less and less and less. So now I can feel like when those same triggers come up, I'm much better able to be like, oh, there you are. And it passes so much faster. Yeah, it's like being a witness to ourselves. That's what we do when we go to therapy. We need to, we go so someone can hold space for us and really witness us and see us. And we can do that for ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. And the practice can get stronger and stronger as we go. Maybe when you first start out, it may be like a fight and you're like, this, you know, this doesn't work. But keep doing it and keep practicing it. And keep just being really aware of the emotions that are going through you and not identifying with them and calling them out as they are. And you're not an angry person. You're not an anxious person. You're not a, you know, you are someone who just experienced the sensation of anger and the sensation of anxiety. And it is not a permanent thing. It is something that just is moving through you. Is moving through you. And the thing is that the more that we hold that centered space for ourselves, the more that we interrupt the pattern of other people also being reactive. So like it takes two to tango, you know, we can keep these cycles going. So if somebody calls us super activated and we are able to like stay in our center or somebody speaks to us super activated and we're to stay in our center by disrupting our own pattern, we're also going to disrupt theirs. Yes. Oh my gosh. I remember I was with a friend once and her boyfriend did something really just crazy and I almost like I don't know what something took over me it was a higher power took over me and I became almost a statue of stillness and calm and just held her hand and afterwards she was like what what did you just do she she said I went from almost having a panic attack to you literally like grounded me into the earth by just holding her hand I wasn't saying anything it was an energy that I was putting off and she was able to calm, to stay calm and not react in a crazy way. That's amazing. Yeah. So 
when we emotionally regulate ourselves, just like the frequency of thoughts that aren't regulated, the frequency of regulation also gets passed out amongst us. That's why we like to call this community mental health warriors because I, we want you guys to understand that by engaging in this work, you're actually offering the world the greatest gift that it could ever have. Because if we all learn to regulate ourselves and we all learn to hold ourselves in a compassionate awareness and we all learn to know what our traumas are, we show up in the world much differently and that creates a ripple effect for sure. Like our world, would com- it's completely going to change if more and more people jump on board with this. 100%. So we know by emotionally, you know, we have tools for emotionally regulating ourselves is understanding our trauma as being a witness to ourselves and really understanding that these are experiences that will just pass. So what about grounding tools? I know I have some that I, I want to share, but do you have any... What are some of your grounding tools? Actually, for me, exercise yeah. is a huge one because it gets me right back into my body. Dancing, anything that like gets me into the energy of my body really helps. I respond really well to heat. Mm. Like some people respond really well to cold, not I. <laughs> Valentina responds to cold a little bit better than no, me. No, I used to. Have you been changing this week? <laughs> Dude, I haven't, so I used to do cold showers, Yeah. but like, I don't know how many months ago, my body just asked me to stop. My body was like, you, this is not, uh, because before it would like give me energy, but I, something shifted inside of me that was like, you, you need something a little more nurturing. Yeah. Before maybe you needed something that would jolt you out and kind of give you more life. Maybe when I was more depressed, mm. it would jolt me into uh, more energy. But now that I'm more regulated, my body's like, now just nourish yourself. Mm, Yeah, that's where I am. So temperatures, basically, like a little bit of an extreme in temperatures, whether that be cold or hot is really helpful because it brings us kind of right back into our sensory experience. Like I was saying, I respond really well to heat. So I will steam my face while burning some incense, followed by a hot shower hot bath while burning a candle like I will do all the things while having the music playing I just do all the things to self-soothe and bring myself back into my body I'm having just a funny image in my mind because I I mean I respond even when I did the cold showers respond really well to heat as well and I would literally sit in front of my heater until my skin (laughs) turned red and I was like okay I have to pull myself away I have to and I would just wait till it went a little less red and go right back there's something it makes you feel like you're in a womb mm-hmm. i love it it's so um, comforting in dbt dialectical behavior therapy which if you guys it is a great tool for dialectical behavior therapy is a great tool for learning emotion regulation and one of their tools that they talk about is with cold um and it's called tip so you're basically like tipping your body chemistry and you can either do this by holding ice in your hands if you feel like you're you're getting too much emotional energy is just going to your head and your thoughts are starting to spiral hold ice in your hands or put your face in ice water and I, I know I've mentioned this before put your face in ice water all the way to your temple so it starts slowing down your nervous system um just anything that is soothing anything that gets you back into your body if you're out in public and you obviously you can't 
you know, roll around with a hot tub <laughs> wherever you go, which would be or fantastic. burn your skin. <laughs> yeah. Then use breath. This is where breath work can be really helpful because your breath goes wherever you take it. So the more that you learn different tools and practices, um, you know, I could be, I could have been at that park and, uh, you, you know, I do my, I did do like, I get into my breathing and I know I have to like start feeling my feet on the ground because the moment I let my thoughts start going out there, I'm losing my boundaries. So use your breath. Something else is maybe like grabbing a rock or some object that you feel comforted by that like you can put in your pocket and you are out in public, you put your hand in your pocket and you hold it and immediately it centers your attention again. So anything that can really get you out of your mind and into your body. Mm -hmm. So I recently, well not recently, when I did ayahuasca, I just intuitively went to my journal and closed my eyes and started writing. Because I, like we said before, when you're in these higher states of consciousness, it's not words that are gonna explain the experience. And I wanted to just like really get get it out of me and really write down what it was, but I couldn't verbally speak it because I would lose the words and I couldn't stare at the paper as I wrote because then I would be thinking of the words. So I closed my eyes and my scribbling looks crazy, but I would just, like my, my brain would sh- just shut down. My hand would take over. My hand would write the experiences happening in my body. And that was really helpful. And I kept that up for a few months every morning. I would write and it would always just, it was almost as if I was channeling my higher self because I was not coming up with these words. It was even in a different tone. Like I, I don't speak how that ent- like journal entry would be. It would be a, it would be a different tone of voice and the other day I was listening to a podcast with Marianne DeMarco and she's a medium who is, co- she has a five-year wait list. What? She is crazy. <laughs> she's, cr- dude, she's wild. And she's like, what's even better about her is that she's not very, woo- like she's 0% woo-woo. Not that that's bad, because we are. It's just accessible. It's just, right. For a lot of people. She is this, like, she's, like, from Long Island or something like that. And she's just, like, yeah, like, I was given these powers when I was four years old. Like, I don't know. Like, this stuff. Where this came from. Right. And, I mean, man, she was on the Balanced Blonde podcast. If you guys have ever heard of her, we can link down to the episode in the show notes. And she was, like, down to the T explaining things that were just really weird. Like she would say, um, why is a coin popping up in my mind right now? Um, and it's being held by like an older gentleman on your paternal side. So it's like your grandpa, uh, with a coin. And then like the lady, the balanced blonde Jordan is her name started crying. And she was like, that's my grandpa who had like a coin collection and he was a cowboy. And she was like, he wants, I mean, she would say like specific things. You have to hear the episode. I mean, I mean, I mean, if she has a five-year wait list. Yeah, you that, know. that gives her some credibility. Anyway, she was telling Jordan that a way that she can tap into her intuitive powers more. And we all have it. You know, this this feeling hey, yeah. that only some people have can tap into spirit if you believe in it and if you don't and if you're listening to this and you're like that's just like sounds crazy and I don't believe in that then like that's totally okay because I'm sure there was a time in my life where I really didn't believe in that either and it's this is an all-inclusive podcast so we can all have different beliefs 
I am now in the belief that I am one billion percent spiritual and believe in higher powers and believe in channeling spirit. So it's actually something that I'm working on harder right now. And Marianne DeMarco was telling Jordan on the podcast something. Mm, you know what? I almost want to do like a wordsmith thing that like Shaman Durek does. Um, because when you say working harder. I felt it. Did you feel I it? I swear. I was like, let me go It was back. heavier. Yeah. I, okay. So yeah, like, I'm, you can say like I'm allowing Let's explain I'm, it. To I'm, it. So, um, no, I'm, I'm, um, it's just being conscious of your words because words carry energy. It feels differently. It feels different. When you say I'm working really hard to get this. No, I'm, I'm releasing resistance or I'm, I'm, I'm inviting it deeper yeah. into my life. I'm opening up to receiving more connection with my ability to channel and it's growing every day. Like it just, it's so different. It really is so different. And I, every time I hear people who, and I used to say this, but not anymore. Whenever you hear something that's funny and I hear someone say, I'm dying. I'm like, don't, uh, it just feels, like, I know. feel it. Do you guys feel it in your body? Like, see how that feels. Yeah, I'm dying. That's why I started calling you um, my partner in light because I didn't want to say partner in crime. Right. I mean, this stuff is real. Like all of these things hold energy. They really literally do. Mm-hmm. So... Anyways, so you're opening so up was, to receiving more channeling. 100%. And Marianne DeMarco was saying, oh, there's this thing that everyone can do. It's called automatic writing, where you basically is what I just explained to you guys. You shut down your mind and you just let your hand take over. And I've been doing that after my breathwork sessions and just seeing what comes through. And once again, like it is not my voice that is going on that paper. It is someone, I'll ask a question at the top of the paper and then I just lose control. Close my eyes, my hand goes like crazy. And it's not legible, like you can't read. I do the same thing. Yeah, isn't it amazing? I do it now with, yeah, I do it now just with typing because I can close my eyes and type. Um, Well, now you're just bragging. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, really? No, I do it with typing. And 1000%, I receive wisdom and answers to things that, if I like, if I just stay in my head, all jumbled up, like I'm not gonna be able to access that. But as soon as you start writing, it it almost starts unpiecing the parts of your thoughts that are jumbled up together, and and, res- and answers start coming through. It's amazing. Yeah, I channel messages for myself all the time. All the time. You guys need to try this and let us know what comes through with to you because this is every time I do it, I'm like it energizes me, and that's that's my grounding practice because before it, I can really feel kind of just almost like clogged up like yeah convoluted just That's, yeah like like t- tense in my body and just you know not grounded and then I'll go into this automatic writing and I the energy flows very freely through my body and nothing is caught my heart feels looser my throat feels looser all the energy zones in my body known as chakras they just open they open like I feel present I feel more aligned with me I feel aligned with the truth I step further away from fear because these messages are all messages of bringing me back to what's real and Mm -hmm. who I am Mm -hmm. yeah writing's a great tool and I'm like really excited to keep practicing this because she also talked about how and even our breath our um, David David Elliott who did the breathwork training he was talking about how people have different like clairvoyant clair 
cognizance, clear, I forget what the one for smell is. And he was explaining it. And I was like, I think I have that. I have smell, I can smell on people. And you guys, it sounds oh, crazy. super weird. <laughs> Valentino be like, mm, there's a tinge of, <laughs> of, I don't know, there's a tinge of an herb in that she can like smell something and tell you every ingredient that went into it it is wild i used to want her to be a sommelier but she never took me seriously on that one you, you try to make me up like your guinea pig when we were in europe mm-hmm. oh yeah when we were in europe sampling wine i'd be like valentina what, what is it what's in there and i mean i can smell like if kj my boyfriend is eating a different diet and i don't even know it i can smell it off of him yeah yeah my the God. other day he was sitting next to me and I was literally like, did you change your diet? And he was like, e- yes, like he had been eating more unhealthy and it wasn't like BO or anything or bad. Bre- it wasn't anything like that. It was almost how can I explain it? Like it, it didn't smell as like flowing and clean. Yeah. Valentina came into my house the other day and she was like, your apartment looks bigger. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> I don't know why though. And she was like, you cleaned it. You cleaned your floors. And it's not like they were super dirty before anything they at weren't. all. I just, I was like, yeah, actually I mopped earlier or like yesterday, like I mopped everything. And I'm like, it's not like there was, it's not like it was visibly different. It was no, just, it, it was, a, it was an energy. It was an energy. And I, I'm kind of, I remember being in like middle or high school and, googling like why am I so sensitive because at a point it was unbearable I smelled everything I heard everything I remember one day I was at upstairs and I heard the faucet on like not dripping like consecutive drips like it was only open so slightly that every few 15 seconds or something there would be a drip that is nuts and my door was closed and I said mom (laughs) the faucet is on and she goes no it's not and I was like just check and she was she went down there and she was like you are crazy <laughs> that's nuts <laughs> Valentina has superpowers <laughs> and I mean I've just I've always I've there's another thing that I can remember where I remember it was pitch dark outside and I had just a something inside of me told me to walk to this specific tree in my backyard and it was probably like close to midnight so it was pitch black there was no lights in our backyard I walked to that specific tree and there were like five baby birds that had fallen out of their nest and I had to get my poor parents have to had to they have to live with an overly sensitive child because then they had to rescue those birds and bring yeah. them back to health with well me. and my mom is super sensitive there's no way she's letting those birds go anywhere right so all of these different things like smelling and I can smell with if someone is sick, I can smell if someone's about to be sick, like just the chemistry in their body and just listening to this, the Marian talking about this. People are going to start paying you to smell them. They re- I mean, I'll do it. I, I'm just really, I'm at where I am right now. I'm at a point in my life where I'm just so excited to really explore my intuition further and see what messages I can channel because before it was something that kind of plagued me like I hated that I could smell hear feel like all these things were just in my face and it was really overwhelming because it actually caused a lot of problems in our family Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, me and Valentina are not the best living partners <laughs> because I will like stomp around or just I'm very just out there with my energy and my living space. And Valentina could hear like every little thing, every little thing. And, and you know, it, it, when you when it's magnified to such a degree, it becomes kind of it makes me a bit of an intolerant person. Rigid. Yeah. So I'm excited because the more I explore this, how I to can, channel them, I, yeah, you I can, can work with it, and it doesn't, it. it doesn't have to be something that completely takes over. And in fact, like I can just see what messages are behind them. I think everybody has this. Everyone has this. It's just everyone has a different one. Like, and the more that you ground yourself in your own energy with these grounding things that we talk about, the more that you have discipline about not letting your thoughts go into other people's stories the more that you stay in your own space the more that you wake up every day to be a mental health warrior and the more that you trust these inklings the more that they will come to you so like for me it's my dreams oh my god you guys paula has some like she literally will dream something and it happens yeah, it's so literal. That's why sometimes it's a little like, oh, man. <laughs> when I have a dream I don't like as much, I'm like, oh, great. Now I have to go tell this person. <laughs> yeah, or like this thing is happening. So I receive a lot of my messages through dreams. Um, and I receive a lot of messages through writing. And just through intuitive hits. But everybody has that. It's just like, are you going to listen? Yes. And that's, it goes hand in hand with getting really self-aware and in touch with your mental health because being in touch with your mental health is showing up for yourself, witnessing and really listening to what all of these messages are and not just taking them for granted and brushing them off like anxiety or brushing them off like just something that's a part of you. The more that you come in and you said this, what was the word the other day? Reappropriate you, who you are and, and not define yourself by how everyone else wants to define you like really get to know yourself and who you are and get in charge of your mental health yeah and you'll start becoming so sensitive to or aware or of your aware. Sens- what your sensitivities are telling you rather than thinking that it's all a bad thing it's a bad thing if we run from it also if you know your trauma like we've been saying if you have taken the time to familiarize yourself with your particular trauma and your response to certain triggers you'll it'll get easier for you to dece- decipher when it's actually a real thing something that you should listen to and when you're having a trauma response so it's you know it's a little bit of a dance but it, it gets muscle. clear yeah, yeah it's a muscle it's you a muscle keep working at it mm-hmm. so i mean that's all i wanted to share for this podcast yeah i think we i mean we have channeled everything that we needed to I think that's the end of it for today. I really want you, I, like some of you, just do some automatic writing and just please tell me about it because I am fascinated mm-hmm. by just life right now, I guess. But um, <laughs> ask yourself some questions and then see what answers come through. Close your eyes when you write. Thank you guys for being with us today and listening. And if you have any friends who you think would benefit from this episode, send it to them. We want to show up for everyone that we possibly can. And yeah, let's grow this community. Yeah. We love you guys. Yep. And be kind to yourselves. Bye. Bye.